0: hello and welcome to another episode of the round the outside podcast thank you guys so much for listening sharing i hope you guys are doing well thank you so much um for listening today we got a lot to unpack um it's one of the it's, it's a bit weird that we have so much so many things have happened in, in the last week or so considering it's the winter and there's no off one going on it, it, it's that's really it's really surprising for me but we've got a lot of stuff to go a lot of stuff to go through. Um, first of all, before we start, a little bit of housekeeping. Uh, I will be a, I'll, do, I'll be doing a I'll be a a like full on QA episode in my last in my next um, podcast. So send in your questions by um Spotify and everywhere. Um, and yeah, so i are we taking your guys' questions as usual and answering them. Uh, and yeah. Put you guys, uh, put you guys' questions in. Um, you can DM me on Instagram if you if you have any others as well. Um, yeah, so I'll pick the best ones and I will be answering them in the next podcast. Yeah, it's been a while since I've done a big QA, and A, so it'll be that will be interesting. Um. Also, another thing, we reached uh three thousand impressions again on Spotify for the last month. Uh, thank you guys so much once again. I. I I feel like I always say thank you to you guys but I, I really I want you guys to know that I actually mean it like I, seriously you' you guys are the only reason I'm doing this in the first place so thank you guys so much for listening and like I said before and we're not doing a what if episode because I there's so much to unpack let's start Literally, yeah let's just let's just casually start let's just casually start with one of the biggest um, Formula One driving moves of all time. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, just yeah, just like we'll we we'll just start with Lewis Hamilton moving to free. <laughs> oh my god. This is not this is I think for me probably the biggest news I've seen in a long time and it came out completely out of the book. There was no build up to this in any way. Um Mercedes hadn't even launched their car and Hamilton's like, I'm out. I'm out at the end of the season. So, um, how do you how do you break this down? Obviously, he's a seven time world champion. He won six of those in Mercedes, but he's moving that in twenty twenty five, not in um the twenty twenty four season. But he will leave at twenty twenty four season at the end of the twenty twenty four season, and he will join uh Ferrari. I think I think it's probably. I this is the last move he's gonna make his career. I think he's nearly forty. Um obviously um now these he's pretty much kicked Carlos Sainz out of the team. But he's 39. He's not gonna get another opportunity like this. Um I I think that in terms of his brand, in terms of who he is, obviously he's the most, he's the most um, commercialized. He's the most famous Formula One driver of all time. Him going to Ferrari and him going to the being the biggest driver going to the biggest team on the grid is the best thing for Formula One, hundred percent. Like you look at um, the Schumacher move to Ferrari, Vettel moving to Ferrari. This is so much bigger than all of that, purely because it's Lewis Hamilton. Like this was, I think, the most liked. Uh, some I saw some stat on Instagram. It's the most liked post um that Ferrari ever posted within 24 hours. I mean that just tells you about this comes In that one day, Ferrari's share prices went up 10%, which is like a $50 billion increase. Because it's Ferrari. It it, it does so much for the Ferrari brand. It does so much for his brand as well. But it, it's huge for him. It, it, it's absolutely huge for him. I, I think it's I think it's the right time for him to move away from Mercedes because I don't think he was going to win a race, learning a championship there again. I think there all this, there's a whole thing about him being really loyal and all oh, the loyalty to Mercedes. The loyalty to Mercedes, I think, there's, there's, I mean, I don't want to sound biased here, but um, the loyalty to Mercedes is in they didn't listen to his concerns of the car last year. And the loyalty to Mercedes in terms of, um them pretty much name them giving him giving him the testing car and giving him the car with all the um tests and the basically the trial car uh in the 2022 season and obviously seeing russell go and they're saying oh lewis is lewis is off lewis, lewis is off um yeah i i think there was a it was about time before this, something like this happened he was definitely gonna leave before 2026 because he didn't really either. He knew that Mercedes weren't going to keep up. Like even even if they had an incredible engine in twenty twenty six, there's no point because they're con- conceptually aer- aerodynamically, they're not going to be there. So I think it's the right time for him to, to move. Um, I think, I think for um, Mercedes it's a huge loss. I think for George Russell now he moves up to the team. Team leader, I'm not sure about Toto Wolf because I think that he might leave as well with Lewis, um, and I think that James Vowles will come in to, re- to um, replace Toto. I think that Russell and Alban will be in those two seats um, for Mercedes, but this is really damaging. for him. I mean, it's obviously really bad when he was a seven-time world champion, but I think like the the amount of Law, I. I mean, it's not disloyalty, but does not look so bad for him. He left before they even launched the car. I mean, if that's not it, I don't even know what that is. Um. Obviously, him finishing his career at Ferrari is a great thing. Um. It'll be interesting to see how they put in with Leclerc. I. I. I can't wait to see that happen. I can't wait to see Lewis at Ferrari. I think it. It'll be so fun to see him in a, in a a uh, uh, Ferrari car. Car. <clears throat> it'll be really fun to see him, you know, I, I, really, I think it. I don't think it's a dream for him, but sort of do something that every form, every F1 great has to do, drive for Ferrari. Um, I think, obviously, he has to control and focus on this season, make sure it is well this season, and lay foundations and make sure Ferrari thinks, OK, we send the right driver here, we're going to give him what he wants in order to win an 8th World Championship. Speaking of that, speaking of an 8th World Championship, I mean he's surely gonna believe he's gonna be able to do it if he hasn't seen what Ferrari are doing. Surely unless it's him being offered hundred million a year to drive for Ferrari, he's not he's not gonna want to um win an A2 championship with Ferrari. I I, I think he sh- I think what he'll want is give him two seasons as the number one driver, give him everything he wants, give him the car he wants. Give him, a, give him a shot on Max Verstappen in the 2026 season. If it doesn't work, he retires with seven more championships. And then, or then after that, Ferrari are kind of screwed. But that's a, that's, a, that's another conversation. Um, I, I think for Lewis, if he wins an eighth world championship, then he will definitely be the greatest all-time. Because look at uh, Schumacher, when he came back, to a Mercedes, everyone's thinking, oh he, that sure he's gonna win an Championship. He wasn't able to. Yeah, obviously the car wasn't amazing for him, but he has to. I, I think in terms of this sort of move, this is his best chance of winning an ATW Championship. He was never gonna go to Red Bull. I don't think he would have gone back to McLaren, even though I think that would have been kind of fun. And I don't he was never gonna win one a Mercedes. So his only real options were kick stroll out of the Aston Martin C. Or go to Ferrari. And he, he shows him to go to Ferrari, and I think that's probably the best option for him. Do I think it'll work out? Um, I hope so. I hope it does, for his sake. Um, I, th- I, I I hope it does for him. But I feel like we've seen with these big driving moves to Ferrari, I don't think it works out. Unless Ferrari un- unleashed some incredible package, and then that might convince me otherwise. But I think, I I, sh- I, I don't think it'll work out. Um right. yeah I mean you could you can tell by the fact we're starting with one of the biggest F1 driver moves in recent memory this is going to be a pretty uh, loaded episode anyway moving on to the antics of India the antics of bazball the antics of um of um India v England in general it's it's been the complete opposite for me like um, When I came into this series, I made the predictions and looked at the squads and everything. You think, oh, this is going to be a series where England draw like every single test match. And they, I, I predicted India 2-1. One. It's 1-1 one, one after two tests. <laughs> I'm going to be so wrong. And the funny thing is, both of the tests have been ended on that fourth day, which is very interesting for me. Um, I, I think... How, how do how how do you start? Obviously that first test match, England coming down from a one hundred and ninety I can't I still can't believe it. A hundred and ninety run uh deficit to win, obviously. Thanks to Ollie Pope. Uh that partnership with between Pope and Ben Folks in in the middle. Tom Hartley with those seven wickets. I still don't know how to I think it's just the four things special if I'm being honest. And then this one was was a bit more interesting. Uh on first innings I think it was a it was a India, obviously, 396 well out. England had a lead of 100. They were behind by 143, which was lower than Hyderabad. They bowl well, Anderson especially. Gil uh, gets 100. India gets to 255. England 399. And then they got within 106 runs, but they didn't score any 100s. Like, there was no big innings. Like, look at the scorecard here. Crawley's 73. Apart from that, I'm looking at a a 36 from Folks, a 36 from Hartley, and a 28 from Ben Duckett. That's it. So we're getting really close. We just need to form big partnerships. I think that's one of the bad things about basketball is that you can't form partnerships. Like, I mean, we saw Pope and Folks because they had to, and they were playing a lot more patiently. But when you go into basketball mode, you go into more aggressive mode. You start to find that it's really hard to form partnerships, and it's really hard to sort of back the crease for a long time, especially if you have you know Ben Duckett charging down the wicket, Rehan Ahmed, and all these players being so aggressive, you're not gonna have that. You're not gonna have that period of the game where you can score five or six runs in now. I think um, I think that's what Pope did really well. He was pre- he was patient. He let the ball come to him. He was pre- very um calm with the spin. He didn't get too flustered. And that's why he played so well and played for so long. Um, I, I think, let's, let, I mean, look at India. Look at the, uh, the scorecard for England in terms of strike rate. Duckett, 103. Ahmed, 74. Pope, 109. Root, 160. Besso 72. Um, Equality, 53. which should have been more consistent. Uh, what was Hartley? Hartley, 76. And then let's look at India. See, a lot more patient. Um, Shomangil got a hundred at a 70 strike rate. Um, Aksar Patel, 50 strike rate for his 100. Jaiswal's is double 100. He's played, uh, he got, he went at 72 for his um double 100. And apart from that, honestly, another thing to point out, no one's been getting partnerships. There's not been that many big partnerships. It's usually just been one batter doing, like, all the work. In t- in this test for England's been Zach Crawley seventy six and seventy three. And for India in this test it's been obviously Jaswal with that two hundred nine, um, which apart from that India would have been capitulated, and then Shubman Gill in the second innings. So England can obviously England can beat India. We've seen that, but they just need to take a lot more opportunities. Like look at the ball Hartley two point eight five. He went for two point eight five. Ahmed went for three point five nine. Anderson went for 2.9 in that first innings. Uh Hartley got 1, he went for 4. Uh Root went for 5. Bashir was the pick of the bowlers, 3.6, got three wickets. Um Ahmed got went for 3.8. Anderson bowled 8 well 25 for 1.88. He still got it. I th- that's why I was saying we've got to put him in the side. I think Jimmy in terms of the pitches we're going to play on. Like what's the when's the next test? Um, in terms of the test that we're going to be uh, playing and the, the pitches we're going to be playing on in, in Rajkot, let's see the Rajkot pitch um, if they have any but in the pitches we're going to be playing on um, Jimmy's going to be a lot better because he's not going to be we don't need pace we don't need, um, let's see here so the Rajkot pitch is yeah, it's a batting pitch it's pretty similar to the Vizag pitch um, so that's what I'm saying I think I think in terms of the next test we keep Jimmy in because he's so perfect for these conditions I worry about Wood's stamina and fitness and especially because he's going to have to be bowling 30 overs which on that pitch he'll struggle with a lot um, and he'll go for quite long runs so I think from an economical standpoint I'm going with Jimmy um, and then obviously the th- Three, yeah, three, the three spinners, uh, Hartley, definitely, he's a star. I love Tom Hartley already. Tom Hartley already. Um, in terms of the way he bowls, he's a left armor, He's a left arm spinner. Can you believe it? England actually got another left arm spinner. Uh, definitely taking the two left armers, Hartley and Leach, and then for batting depth, I'm definitely going with Rehan Ahmed, especially if we're gonna have that Nighthawk situation that we had, especially in the chase. Where he moved up to about at three. I think that that would be um very hand, handy for us. So Rehan Ahmed, I think if, from a batting standpoint, if we um put enough enough trust in and we put in let's say like a uh, um a Dan Lawrence, maybe, uh we put like an extra batter in in some in some shape or form, then we keep uh Bashir. But I think what look, I think that if Jack Leach is fit, they're definitely going to take bring in Jack Leach for show, by show That that's that's what I think because I mean Ahmed and Hartley and Anderson haven't really done that much wrong. Wood I don't think is ready. I think what I would be interested to see if, is if they play Gus Atkinson or maybe if because it's flat they play an all's an all spin attack because I think McCullum I don't think McCullum would be afraid to do that. So I think. Um, that the, those it could go either way. I think most likely they'll keep it with one to one seam and they'll keep Anderson in there. Um, obviously Stokes isn't going to bowl. They'll give Joe Root some overs, and if they trust Joe Root enough on that pitch, they'll bring in Atkinson. Um, but I think that, apart from that, I don't think there need to be a lot of changes made because England England still look good in these conditions. They just need to take the the time and they need to build a lot more partnerships. Uh, I, I mean, you could put yeah, you could tell. Speaking, of, speaking of other really good test matches, I think we have to talk about Australia West Indies. I mean, what, what? That's that is the that's the perfect test match, isn't it? That's the perfect test match. That's the perfect day. Test cricket one, <laughs> Test cricket one. Like you, you, you can't really explain what happened. I remember watching the game live. Um... I'm so glad I stayed up to watch it. It was it was unbelievable. Um, yeah, Shamar Joseph is a star. He's a, um he's the next he's the next Carly Ambrose. Um, what what I found really interesting though is he bowled twelve overs and he went for sixty eight. He's not economical, but he gets wickets. He get he gets he's really good. He's so good. He got uh, he didn't get ten for the match. Um, in that first innings as well, went for like, five and over. So obviously he's a star. Um, that's why he, obviously he needs to improve on being a bit more economical. Um, he is yeah, I love Shamar Joseph. Shamar Joseph is a star. I, I think he's um a real fine for the West Indies. I the main reason I say that is because when he hit Kawaja on the head, you could see the you could see the flare. You could see the flare in that guy. Like he he. He knows what he's doing. He's exactly what the West East DNA is. He's the Caribbean flair. You know, he takes on the batter. You know, he's good. He's good with the bat as well. He he just he shows that Caribbean flair. He, he swings at everything. It goes down swinging. He's that sort of. He's that player that they've been missing for a long time. I cannot wait to see him in England. I, I think it will be a brilliant in England with the Duke's ball swinging away. I, I, he'll be he'll be a joy to watch in England. I mean that I th- I think he'll be, um, I think it will be a real, um, I think it'll be really tough for England to play, purely because, uh, number one he'll be so aggressive and he'll be um, I I don't think sl- like sledging, but I think he'll be very aggressive in terms of bowling it short and taking on that basketball aggression, uh, Number two, he'll he's just perfect. I think mean, technically wise he's brilliant. As long as he doesn't go for as many runs, I think he's fine. Um, I was I was gonna do some sort of lead into this, but um, there's not an, also another report that's come out today. Um, if, yeah, I know even more news. Um, according to a Dutch, yeah, this is due to a Dutch Telegraph. Um, the rebel, uh, the Red Bull, um, Formula One team boss Christian Horner, and also the winner of the Coach of the Year for the Around the Outside Awards. Yeah, I know. Joke of the year. Um, yeah, Christian Horner is under investigation because of a claim of uh, inappropriate behaviour that was made against him. Really? <laughs> really? I mean, Christian Horner being arrested... I mean, why have we seen that before? Um, but I don't know why Wedbill themselves was launching an innovation... I mean, isn't he a CEO? Like, I don't... Yeah, Yuri Vips, I understand. But this is Christian Horne's I Look, look, I'm not saying that inappropriate behaviour is okay for anyone. But I feel like for Christian Horner it can be. Like, you've seen him in, um, in Drive to Survive. He's unfiltered. Like, he doesn't care about cameras. I think he's, um... He can be a bit uh, over the top. Yeah, he says he's calm, but he's, he's very over the top, and he's not... Um, he, he is a bit aggressive. But this is this is, this is is inappropriate behaviour. So this is more like him being a bit um, angry at his own stuff. I, I can't really imagine that, if I'm being honest. Like, okay, okay. I'm not saying that I'm... I completely, I'm not saying I have a love affair with Christian Horner, but I'm just saying that... I don't feel like because he is the person that's bringing that team forward. He is the one that's like doing all the work. He's the one that's really pushing it forward and commercializing this Red Bull team. I feel like what I don't feel like he would ruin that though, especially considering how dominant they are right now. They lost one race, not lost, but they didn't win one race last season. They didn't win the singapore grand prix apart from that they won every single grand prix why would you want to ruin that status as a team by just um committing inappropriate behavior there's no point exactly so um obviously this is still a rumor but yeah those those are just my quick thoughts on it and okay the creme de la creme um of, of the news of this week as you as some of you may know I live in the US, um, and there is obviously a World Cup in uh, 2026. However, instead of going for a historical venue like the Azteca, instead of going for a big stadium, like uh, a 100,000 capacity stadium in Dallas, um, you want to guess what our final is? The (laughs) MetLife. The MetLife Stadium. Uh, how much is 80 like eighty three thousand. okay yeah it's a big it's a big stadium but I, I feel like dallas come on like dallas has been robbed obviously New york city is the capital of the world pretty much now and i want to host it as close to new york as possible i just I just can't wait to see the amount of traffic I can't wait to see how much um how many celebrities are there um at the Fun. it's gonna become new York's gonna become like it's gonna become like the um, the Miami Grand Prix every year. Bunch of celebrities. No one cares about the football. Everyone's just there to see Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. That's what that's what this is gonna be. I think for me personally, I thought they would go so far because you know they had a Super Bowl there, um, or the Arrowhead, um, I'm surprised. Was the Vegas one on that? They had like they had like some Vegas Stadium, the Raiders Stadium, but um. Yeah, that was that was interesting. I, I thought they'll go to Vegas in the one in Vegas, because it's Vegas. Um But I look look I'm not angry with the Met Life. I actually like it in the MetLife. Um New York Jets, New York Giants, you know, that sort of, like obviously when you think of the NFL, I mean it's to be fair you probably think of the Patriots. Hey, like, never mind. But I'm really, I'm just don't like when they the way they announced it. Uh the pre, they also had the president Janny Infantino. You want to guess who was alongside him? They had Kevin Hart, who apparently is an actor now. Also, anyone who's watched, I think, Kevin Hart's new movie, I think it's called Lift or something, it's such a good movie. I mean, now I know why he's an actor. Drake was there, of course, and Kim Kardashian. I feel like Drake and Kim Kardashian are at every single important announcement that has anything to do with the US or Canada. Anyway, they announced the plans. Uh, the Hard Rock Stadium's gonna host the third place final or the third place playoff, which I think is cool. It's Miami. Obviously there's gonna be more celebrities. It there's just not a lot of respect for um like there's not a lot of love for Mexico or um Canada. Like SoFi has SoFi, Arrowhead, Hard Rock Stadium, Boston and uh, Dallas and Atlanta. All of those have the big um this the uh, quarterfinals, semifinals. Dallas has nine matches out of 108. They have like 20 stadiums as well. Um, Qatar had like six, but now they have 20, like 28. Um, Philadelphia, I think it's cool. Uh, Houston, Seattle, San Fran, uh, Guadalajara, <laughs> uh, Monterey, Azteca, Vancouver, all these big cities in North America. But it's not, I, it's basically a US World Cup. Okay, back to the announcement. The, back to the announcement thing. D- they announced it in the complete wrong way. They just they just did like a, like a a testimonial from the camera, like, oh, this is where they're gonna be hosting this game, this is where they're gonna be hosting that game. Well like do something fun. Like do like a like a couple keepy ups. Imagine if it was this. Imagine if it was Imagine if it was Conor McGregor, just like with like uh, doing his walkout and he's like, "Also, lads, um, that's a terrible Irish accent." That they're saying, "Oh, doing a couple keepy-ups, kicking the ball up in the air." He catches the ball. They zoom in and they see MetLife on it. They like like the MetLife Stadium. Like that is the no. I've got to report this to FIFA right now. That is the best. That is the best. Name a better idea for how to announce the World Cup final stadium. But no, instead it was Gianni Infantino standing in the middle of the pit in the middle of um, the centre circle. And then they had a little drone zoom out. And, yeah, that's it. Like, I love a little bit of flair. People are waiting to see who is going to get the, the final of the World Cup. And that's all you got? Like, have a bit of fun with it. Okay, yeah, I get you want to have um Drake and Kim Kardashian. But okay, yeah, at least have a little bit of fun with it. Make it something that people actually um, remember, uh, like are excited for. Anyway, um, in terms of the actual World Cup itself, obviously it's too early to make predictions. Two-point prediction I can make you is that there will be at least 100 celebrities on the pitch. They'll do like some pitch-walk thingy um, before the game for the final, um, and Taylor Swift will do the um, official World Cup song. Guaranteed. I mean, I mean who else are they going to pick? Come on. All right. That is where I'm going to end it off for this episode. Um thank you guys so much for listening. Uh as I said before, you can you um can put your questions in uh for the Q&A that we'll be doing uh next episode. Um you can DM on Instagram uh or you can put it in the Spotify Q&A. Basically any questions you have, I'll um go through them and I'll put the best ones to answer. But for now, it's bye from me.